Welcome to the King's Cast. Dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Why is it that the thing that you need most of all is always in the bottom drawer or some other place? I get very frustrated. I put something on a desk and a minute later, it's gone. I say, it was there. I put it there. Where's it gone? I need the thing at hand. I believe that pens grow legs and walk around. I really do believe that. But the kingdom of God is at hand. And anything that is at hand, you can reach. And maybe you've been spun the yarn, the untruth, that to taste of the kingdom of God in its full measure, it's something that it's not, it's not for you. Because it's beyond you, beyond your ability to pray, beyond your ability to believe, beyond your ability to be holy enough for, or whatever other untruth you may have thought but the kingdom of God is at hand we can reach it maybe you're here today and you are not a Christian I just want to take a minute to talk to you I want to tell you that the the God in whose presence we are sitting standing here today that we've been worshipping and thinking about there are two things I want you to know about this wonderful God number one is that he is absolutely crazy about you. He loves you. He is in love with you. There isn't anything you can do, and boy, you've done a few things, but there isn't anything you can do to stop him loving you. You can hate God, be extremely religious, or not at all. It doesn't really make any difference to God. God, as revealed in the Bible, is for you, loves you, Thinks about you all the time. You know, all that. He's just nuts about you. If I can put it in that way. So that's one thing you need to know about God. Another thing you need to know about God is that he is totally and utterly holy. And so, while he is so in love with you, that's one thing that's true about him. The second thing that's true about him is that he's not like you and me. The Bible says that we're all fallen. We've all done things that are wrong. I think you'll find that even the very best humans that this earth can produce in its history have very often, when dug down deep, been self-centered and selfish and, and desired things for themselves because there's one or two wonderful people around, of course. But generally speaking, most of us know what it is to be selfish. Most of us know what it is to tell lies on a fairly regular basis to cover our backs, to make life go smoother. We look at the Ten Commandments and like J. John once said, we treat it like an exam paper, which is attempt any four. And uh, in fact, God requires all of these commandments in our lives. And we've known what it is to lie. We've known what it is to... To steal many of us, we've known what it is certainly to commit adultery, if not actually in our hearts. We've known what it is to not put God first. That's the first commandment. 
We're all really good at the second, breaking the second commandment, which is don't make a, a God in your own image. And we're all very good at doing that. The God that I want to believe in, he's like this. You find if you scratch the surface, he just looks a bit like you and me. But the second thing I want you to know about God is that he is holy. Totally different. On another, on another playing field altogether. And what God wants as someone who loves you, someone who absolutely adores you, what God wants is he wants to have relationship with you. At the moment, I have a friend who, because of a difficulty in his marriage, he's not been able to see his kids. And these things happen a lot in life, as we know. And he's been fighting to see them, trying to see them. It's been really tricky for him, and I've been trying to help him through. But I have to say, you know, I don't know the depth of that emotion that he has. But, but this week, praise God, he was able to see them after a long, long time. Now, I wasn't there but I can just imagine what that scene looked like. Where there was that barrier, that legal barrier that was now removed. And there, I, and again, I wasn't there, but I can just imagine the scene. That he would have wrapped his arms around them. But, it was, but this was allowed to happen because a barrier that was in the way was removed. And now the father, my friend, who adores his children, can now be with them, hold them, be everything that a father should be for them. And just that little story of what's happened this week really reminds me of the Bible's message to us today. That God is, like my friend, a, a, a heart exploding with passion and love, Father who can't quite be all he wants to be for his kids because of a barrier. And the Bible says that there is a, a barrier between God and man. Like my friend, his was a legal barrier to be dealt with by solicitors and courts and things like that. But the Bible says that there is indeed a barrier between God and you and me. And that barrier is the fact that he is so holy and we are so unholy. On one occasion, the Bible says this, all our righteous acts, the very best that we can do, is like a filthy rag to God. Sometimes I'll... Uh, Tell Jane, my wife, I'm going to clean the flat today. Oh, it's going to look amazing. And she'll come in and she'll say this to me. Have you done it? What are you? Have I done it? Look. Look how almost clean this bathroom floor is. <laughs> what, did you hoover behind the brush? No. I don't have time for that. And my standard and her standard are very different. And it's the same with us. We, we can think that we've done a good job. Uh, you know, I've, done, I've been okay. I haven't killed anybody. Wanted to, but I didn't. What a good man I am. Never stole anything. Well, just a bit of my 
a few things from work. Oh, yeah, and I've committed a bit of fraud, copyright theft. Oh, and I, 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 I haven't shown up at work. I threw in a sickie. But that's not stealing my, my boss's money and time, is it? Oh, anyway, I, I don't think it is. You know, we're all, our standards are so much lower than God's. So much lower than God's. We're like the driver who, when the speed limit is X, always drives at X plus 10 and thinks, well, that's all right, isn't it? Or X plus 5, you know. Speed limit 70. You're going too fast. I'm only going 75. Our standards are just so different to God's. And as I've often said, not only do we have the Ten Commandments, but actually we've looked at those and we think they're a bit tricky. Attempt any four. But then you, then you create your own commandments. And we know that people have their own commandments because they set them in motion every January the 1st and they've broken them by January the 5th. So even our own commandments that, we've, that we made up that were a bit easier than, the, than God's commandments, we even broke those, many of us. God is a passionate, heart-bursting with love for you, Father. And we, you and me, we're like the kids on the other side of a barrier and he wants to get to us. I want to tell you today the reason why we've got this joy, 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 joy down in our hearts is because God has destroyed the barrier between us. The reason why we're dancing happy now people say, you go on and go to those happy, clappy churches? No, I want to go to a doom and depressed church. Well, what do you think I want to do? Is this one of those happy churches? No, it's a real depressed church. You want to, if you want happiness, you better go up the road. The reason we're happy is not because all our bills are paid, are they? Oh, yours are? The reason we're happy is not because we got the best car in town, is it? No. The reason we're happy... It's not because we can't wait to get to work tomorrow morning, is it? No. The reason we're happy is not because all our kids have become angels in this world. No. The reason we're happy is not because we've got the rest of the year off or that we've got all the money in the world. We haven't got any of those things. The reason we're happy is not because our car doesn't break down Or our body doesn't break down. The reason we're happy is because God has destroyed the barrier between us and him. 2,000 miles away from here, 2,000 years ago, God decided he would come and destroy the barrier between us and him. The Bible says that all have sinned. And have fallen short of the mark. Every one of us has done things that are wrong. And God is not like a judge who can just say, okay, well, I'll just let you off. Somehow, in his justice, in his holiness, he has to do something about it. If I came to you after the service and I said, look, will you lend me a hundred pounds? That wouldn't make me very too many friends around here. But if I said, can I borrow a hundred pounds? 
He said, sure, here it is. I know that no one in this room has got £100 in their pocket, by the way. And there it is. And then a few weeks later, I came back to you and I said, uh, I'm ever so sorry, but I, you know, I didn't get the shifts I thought and I wasn't able to do the overtime. I can't afford to pay you back the £100. If you were to say to me, and we really are in fantasy land now, but if you were to say to me, it's all right, I'll let you off. You don't have to pay me back. But what have happened that day is that you would have paid that money for me. You would have paid your own debt. The debt that was owed to you, I mean. And God has done that with us. 2,000 years ago, 2,000 miles away from here, God decided he was going to do it with his passion, you see. With his love. Bursting in his chest. God wanted to break down that barrier between us and him. So he came himself. He disguised himself as a man. Created himself in the form of a person. Jesus Christ. There have been some wonderful religious leaders down the years. Some sent from God and some sent from morality and philosophy. But Jesus isn't like any of them. Because he's not a messenger of God. He is God. And God put on his human suit. And this is not quite theologically right, but it'll do just for now. But he put on his human suit. He became a person. And after a few years of demonstrating the goodness of God, how much his heart was bursting for the people, he healed them, he blessed them, he forgave them their sins. Then at the time that seemed right to him, he allowed himself to be arrested, betrayed, tried in a phony all-night trial and taken to the cross where he was nailed there and died. And to his disciples who thought he was the next big thing that was going to change the world, oh, they were right, but not the way they thought To his disciples, it was a disaster. Our leader has been killed. But to God, it was all part of his plan. And when he died, when he took the lashings upon his back, when his beard was plucked from his face, and when he was beaten on the head repeatedly with a stick, as he was being brutally punished, He was, in fact, taking the blame, not for anything he'd done, but for everything that I've done and everything that you've done. That barrier between the God of love and the people of sin was being destroyed that day. And now that barrier has gone. In the Gospel of Mark, the very beginning of the Gospel and the very end of the Gospel, something quite interesting happens. At the very beginning of the Gospel, Jesus goes down into the River Jordan where he's baptized by John the Baptist. It says 
in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, that the heavens were torn open. Torn is the word that's used. The heavens didn't open. They were torn open. Uh, the Greek word would be schizo, as in, you know, as in schism, schizophrenia, a tearing. The heavens were opened over Jesus. And then at the very end of the gospel, there is another tearing. I wonder if you can think what it is. When Jesus died in Mark 15, it says this, and the curtain in the temple, yes, was what? Torn in two. And it's the same word. As the beginning of the gospel shows the heavens being ripped open. Now there is access between heaven and earth. For Jesus and his father. Then when Jesus dies on the cross. The next verse. The next verse. To show how significant it is. The temple curtain. Was torn in two. From top to bottom. In the same way that the heavens were opened to Jesus, now the heavens are opened to us. God is a terror. He doesn't just get rid of things. He tears them up. And all of the things we've done wrong and all the things you've done wrong, God wants to forgive you. He wants to tear up the barrier between you and him. Not because you deserved it, but because he can't wait to get to you. Like my friend, that legal problem sorted out and vroom. How many of you know that when he was allowed to see those kids, he showed up early? And he wrapped his arms around them and loved them and kissed them. That's exactly what God wants to do with all of us. The Bible says this. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish. But would have everlasting life. The reason the kingdom of God is among us. It's because the king wants to be among us. The reason the kingdom of God is being manifest in our day and in our time. Is because the king has come. He wants to know you. He doesn't want you to be a religious nuthead. He doesn't want you to be weird. He wants you to be in his family. He so missed you. He so, so has missed you. You might believe the lie. The same lie that Adam and Eve were spun. Run. You're naked. The Lord is coming. Run. Run. And the Lord in the Garden of Eden says to them, Who told you that you were naked? Well, I think the snake did. You might want to believe or you might 
feel that you believe the lie, that there is a barrier between you and God. That, oh, you haven't prayed enough, you haven't done this enough, you haven't done that enough. No, God has torn the heavens open. By the way, don't get around me praying for an open heaven. If Jesus didn't puncture it 2,000 years ago, there ain't nothing you're going to be able to do about it. When Jesus ascended on high, he smashed through the heavens and there's a giant gap where he went. The heavens are opened all the time. Can you say amen? The heavens are opened. Access between God and his kids. But let me, let me share this one more thought with you. As God, as a father, and many of you are fathers and mothers here today, you know what it is to have your kids go off and not know where they are. You might know what it is to have the kids go off in a huff with you and you're sitting there, text me, text me. But we know that as much as what you want as a parent, it's up to the kids to come home. And I want to encourage you today. God wants you to come home. Alan, will you just get ready to help me? God wants you to come home. He wants you home. He has destroyed the barrier between you and him. And there's nothing that you're going to be able to do to build it up again. He's done a good job knocking down that wall. He's knocked it down so powerfully that no one can rebuild it. Not even you. Not even your mistakes. Not even your unbelief. Not even the things you've said or done. God wants you home. His heart is just exploding with love for you. Do you know, he couldn't love you more. When you get your life sorted out and you're a bit more in with God's plan, he's not going to love you anymore because he can't. All his love is poured on you now. It's already in the danger level. It's already going root, root, root. His heart of love is exploding. But I wonder if you today will come home. Why don't you you come home? You've tried your own thing. It it just doesn't really work. You say, well, what do I have to do to, to come home? Does that mean I have to come to church all the time? You don't have to, but you will. Because <laughs> you'll love it. It's a bit like saying, oh no, if I become a Christian, well, I have to be happy all the time. You don't have to be. Do I have to come to church? We well, don't have to, but why make life hard for yourself? Do you, have to be a, do you have to go to church to be a Christian? Not exactly, but why make life hard? It's like saying, do I have to be in a fire to be hot? We don't have to be, but it is the best way. Yes? God so loved the world, he gave his son. If you believe in him, follow him. As Joe was just saying earlier, follow me, Jesus said. Follow me, follow me, follow me. 
whole new life can begin for you. So I want to talk to two people as I finish here today. Number one, I want to talk to people who used to walk with God and now you don't. And I want to tell you that God didn't do anything to let you down. Maybe people let you down. I've been let down and I've let people down. So we're all in that. I've let people down. You've let people down. Maybe you were let down. Maybe you were let down by a church. Maybe you were let down by someone you respected. But God says to you today, I love you and I didn't let you down. I didn't let you down. I love you. I just want to hold you. I want you to be with me. I'm going to mean more to you than answered prayer. I'm going to mean more to you than money. I'm going to mean more to you than sex. I'm going to mean more to you than success. So, well, if I become a Christian, what about my boyfriend? I'm sleeping with him at the moment. Choose you this day who you will serve. God will work all that out. You know I'm talking to you, sweetheart, don't you? You know I'm talking to you. Now, God wants you to come home. So I'm talking to, first of all, to one group, maybe one or two people here. You used to walk with God, but you, you've gone cold. It's time to come back into the fire. Will your problems be sorted out overnight? No, because you didn't get the problems overnight. So if you've been rolling a few years in this direction, you might at least try rolling a few years in this direction, at least to get back to where you were. You might find God speeds it up. So you need to come home. You need to say, you know what? As of today, 1st of September, I'm giving my life back to Jesus. And there's another group of people here, another person, different kind of person. And you've never walked with God. You've never walked with God. You don't even know what you're doing here today. Especially when we started singing and dancing around like overweight idiots. And as we were doing that, you thought, I can't wait to get out of here and tell people on Twitter about this. Twitter, I've seen some twits. I'm going to put it on Twitter and Facebook. Or as I call it, Twitface. That's not my joke. I stole that joke. God loves you. And he wants to forgive you. I finish with this one illustration. And then in a moment, we're going to pray. And you might want to pray with us to come back to God or maybe even... Become a Christian for the very first time. I wanted to imagine, uh, and I've used this illustration before, forgive me. But I wanted to imagine someone going to the doctor with a rash. It's not good, is it, to have a rash? So you go to the doctor with your rash. You say, examine me, doc, examine me. And the doctor examines you. And while the doctor is examining you for your rash, in the process of his examination, he suspects he's found cancer, a lump or something like that. And at that point, the whole conversation in the GP surgery changes now it's not about your rash it's about the cancer 
And I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what the rash is in your life. Well, if God really loved me, why, why did my father die? If God really loved me, why am I so ill? If God really loved me, why, why was I just fired? Or why did my husband leave me? And all of these things in life are terrible, terrible things. But in God's surgery, they're sort of the rash compared to the cancer of our sin that separates us from him. God maybe wants to do all sorts of things for you. Restore your marriage, restore your body even. Who knows what he'll do because he's ever so good. But the real problem, the real thing you need is you need to be forgiven. You need to be forgiven. The barrier between you and God needs to be dealt with. Will you come home today? Will you come back to God? Or maybe become a Christian for the very first time. He loves you. He's ripped a hole to get to you. Will you take his hand? I'm not asking you today to join a church. You you will join a church. But I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to join the family of God. I'm asking you to find out what life is all about. God's fixed life so it doesn't work without him. That's why the world is weird. That's why life doesn't make sense. Because the creator is not central to it. As it should be. Come home, will you? He's he's waiting. Let me tell you, everyone in this room is going to fail you. I'm going to fail you. Humans are going to fail you. But God is not going to fail you. He loves you. What we're going to do is, in a moment, we're going to bow our heads in prayer. And then I want to just lead us in a prayer that I want you to pray with me. And I want everyone to pray this prayer, even those who are don't even want to be here. And those who've been here a thousand times. I want everyone to pray this prayer with me. Just in support of everyone else. Are you ready? Let's bow our heads. So we're going to pray a prayer. And this prayer is a prayer to God that says, Lord, will you, will you come into my life? And I want everyone to pray. Everyone. If you would. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you that your heart explodes with love for me. You are for me. Not against me. Lord you know all about me. And yet you love me. Thank you for loving me.
I believe that you love me. Lord, today, I ask you to forgive me for all my sins, for all my mistakes. Lord, I have broken your commandments. And just take a moment to think about that. And maybe you want to say your own little prayer from your heart. God, will you forgive me for this and for this? Let's pray together. Lord, forgive me. I have broken your commandments. But today, I am coming home. I'm coming back to the Father's house. Thank you for laying down your life, for taking the blame, for taking the punishment for me. And Lord, today, I am coming home. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Forgive me, Lord. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new, give me a new start. I receive you as my Savior and my Lord, and I thank you for saving me now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.